What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls. Since you're number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related on today's episode, I'm going to tell you guys why the Chicago Bulls may have just given Marco Simonovich the best birthday gift he got this year. We're also going to dive back into the mailbag to do our second mailbag episode of the weekend. We're going to dive into your voicemails right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So I started, I'm going to start this off by talking about how the Bulls just gave Marco Simonovic his, his best birthday gift he's gotten this season. Uh, by the way, shout out to Marco Simonovic. But the Bulls have hired uh, Marco Adel. Adelot? I, I, I don't know. Marco Somethingvich is his last name. Uh, Andrzejewicz. There you go. Uh, has He's been named at one of the assistant coaches of the Windy City Bulls. Now, he is a, he's been a skills and player development coach over in Europe. He's trained a lot of the international players that are in the NBA right now. And so why that's important and why I say that's one of the biggest gifts that Marco Simonovic has gotten, uh, his birthday was yesterday, is that that is... It, the the trainer that they that they hire the new guy that they're bringing in as the assistant coach the fact that he specializes in developing players developing skills and he's worked only with european players he's going to know how to get through to marco he's going to bring out some things to marco he's going to challenge marco so while i had been of the mind that marco simonovic possibly going down to the windy city bulls which we still don't know is going to happen for sure that that i didn't think it was likely because i didn't think he had anything else to learn from the g league now considering he's not going to get minutes if he does go back down to the g league if he spends most of his season down there in the windy city bulls that means he's going to be traveling he's going to be being coached by he's going to be everything night in and night out is going to be worked with this trainer who has trained some of the better players in the nba as we go towards a more international game we already know like so Marco's shown a lot of skill, right? And I, while I still do think that Marco's offensive ability would be hugely needed for the Chicago Bulls team, especially coming off the bench. Um, but with that being said, like I like what he needs to learn to understand and grasp concepts, how he can get better defensively. We know he added uh, a lot of muscle over the course of the season, but if he can get back to you know um, to, to using that muscle to playing better defense, if he can grasp a NBA defensive system, it could be huge for Marco Simonovic. Now, I still do think, and I know a lot of Bulls fans, rightfully so, right? This isn't a time where I disagree with anybody. I understand and agree. Or just like, hey, Marco is a, is a bit of a wash. Was Marco a bad pick by the front office? And I think that more there are more signs pointing to that maybe it was. Maybe it is. Maybe they should have gone somewhere else, somewhere else in this with that second round pick. Um, but at the end of the day, like they they did draft Marco. His offensive potential is still just as high like if you see this guy if you guys watch last year's windy city bulls games and the summer league games you know that marco simonovic has it offensively he can pass he can rebound he can shoot um he can score in the post he it, like but the it's the defensive side of the ball and while some people may say hey well there's a lot of bad big man defenders in the league why is he still not getting minutes keep in mind um not, being a bad one-on-one defender is different from grasping the team concepts defensively and i think even last season we saw vooch at times not have that a good grasp of the defensive system. It seems like he does better this this season. But it, it's if you if you aren't a good one on one defender, you have to grasp that system. I think that's one of the things that Alize Johnson it hurt him while he had a lot of energy last season for the Bulls when he started off. 
he just he didn't grasp the system. I think that may be what's hurting Marco. Maybe being down there when one of the premier trainers over in Europe could help him a lot. We'll see. Is it, It's still more than likely that Marco's going to get be a big zero for the Chicago Bulls, but I do think that they made a good decision, not only for Marco, but when you look at the Bulls and how it does seem like they are truly using their G League affiliate as a developmental system and to bring in players that, while more than likely not, aren't going to ever be rotational players for them, they're bringing in players with some talent that if they need to call up, if they can develop the next, like Alice Caruso, Justin Lewis is also going to benefit from this because we know he's still down there working out with the Windy City Bulls. He's still going to be in this organization, um, and you know, hopefully they do resign him next summer, even though they waived him. Um, it, those players are going to benefit hugely from having somebody who's just used to cultivating talent. So that's my thoughts on that. You guys can let me know what you think about it down below. Even though I murdered his name again, Marco and Djelovic. Djelovic. Djelovic is probably how you pronounce that. I think I got it. I think I got it. Nonetheless, let's get into the voicemails. This for, this first one is from Shay. What's up, Hayes? This is Shay. You know, I've been thinking, and you probably don't get this message when the season starts, but uh, if Io DeSumo outperforms performs, and this is his contract season, have you ever thought that maybe he just might maybe be Lonzo Ball's permanent replacement? Now, look, I know... I know he doesn't bring a lot of things that Lonzo Ball brings, but let's think about it. The man is hungry. He reformed his body, and this is just his second year compared to, you know, Lonzo Ball, his second year. It was kind of, he was kind of going through ups and downs, and then he ended up getting traded. I think his third or fourth year. I don't know. It might be his second year. But I would just say this, you know, remember, in Golden State, Draymond Green, Draymond Green made – uh, David Lee, very replaceable. Bam Adebayo did the same thing to Hassan Whiteside. And everybody thought Hassan Whiteside was going to be the next franchise player and it ended up being Bam Adebayo. Jimmy Butler also made Luau Dane and Rip Hamilton uh, expendable. So, I mean, don't be surprised if that will happen. I'm not saying it will, but it could possibly happen. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. All right, so... I, I mean, uh, Shay loves using this comparison to Jimmy Butler, to Dave, David uh, Lee. And, you know, he used, he's, this is like his third time now using the same comparison. Um, shout out to Shay, too, by the way. Uh, but, I, I, again, I've said this before. I've been very vocal on this. I'm not somebody who thinks that uh, the starting position isn't still going to be marked for Lonzo. I don't. I do think that there's a chance that, Mar that uh, Lonzo does not start a game this NBA season. I do think that when he comes back in January – um, depending on how long it takes them to get back in groove and things like being out of basketball for a year, a calendar year, um, is going to be is it, it's it's hard. It's tough to do. So I do know I do believe that they're going to bring Lonzo still back off the bench initially anyway. Depending on how close his return is to the playoffs and how how this team has worked so far uh, to the season up until that point, if they build a lot of great chemistry in that starting lineup, I don't know if Billy Donovan disrupts that. Now I still do think that. Then by the following next season, Lonzo's still going to be our starting point guard. I think that Io would have to have such a season to show. And look, the, the fact of the matter is, is Io very much like Jimmy Butler did show and get off, get off the bench. He got off bench a year earlier than Jimmy Butler. He's shown how that how that game grows and develops could still be the sky's still the limit to it. But I think his game would have to get such to a point for the Bulls to say, hey, we're not even going to think about starting Lonzo Ball back. I just don't know. No matter what his contract is, I just don't know. I would have to see it come to fruition. Now, as far as Io having a big season, I, I mean, yeah, he's going to be key. I do think he's going to have a big season. But I look at the situations like Jimmy Butler. You said that he made Rip Hamilton and Lil Aldang uh, obsolete. He didn't. 
Keep in mind, Jimmy Butler's first time, first season getting significant minutes. Him and uh, Luau Deng had his best season as well. So it wasn't until Luau had a, had a severe injury that it really was like, okay, we can sustain this Luau Deng thing because of Jimmy playing so good. But they didn't just they didn't go away from Luau just because um, uh, Jimmy Butler it took a significant injury. Um, and then as far as like the rip, rip was a veteran. He was never meant to be here long. So it kind of is what it is. He didn't play the best when he was a bull. Either way, the David Lee thing, again, another aging veteran. The thing that makes this Lonzo ball situation so much different than the ones that you name is Lonzo isn't an aging injured veteran. Like he's an injured young veteran. I mean, young player, um, still only 24 years old and what he's shown at this age and the fact that he still can progress some. keep in mind. Lonzo Ball isn't probably done progressing. We still can see some things of what he can do with breaking defenses down, getting more to the rim, uh, being a better uh, finisher at the rim, things like that. Um, if those things happen, like, I don't think you go away from, yes, they both still have skies and limit. Io's two years younger, but I just, I don't know. I'd have to see how this season goes for Io before I'm ever willing to say that. But shout out to Shay for that voicemail. Let's go ahead and get to the next one. This one's from Marvin. Oh, hey, Marvin. Just calling in to give a little preview, man, how I feel about beginning of the season for the Bulls. First of all, I just want to give a shout-out to Billy Donovan. I think him implementing this new offense, I don't know if everybody noticed it, but the ball, the, the ball is moving, the guys are cutting. I think it runs the offense a lot better. I want to get into the first five games. I usually go in 10-game ten, increments, but I think it's key for the Bulls in these first five games of the season. Now, just to start, the first 10 games of the season, we have five of those on the road, three of them against who? supposedly the top-tier teams in the East. That's why I want to go into this first five. First game of the season is on the road at Miami. I think this is a very important game for the Bulls simply because if we can win this game, it will get rid of the rhetoric that we can't be the top ten in the East. Plus, we win a road game. Second of all, the second game is at Washington. I think that's a beatable game, not taking anything away from Washington. I think the Bulls are a better club. First two games on the road, then we got three straight at home, first five games in committee. At home against Cleveland, our, our season opener. At home against Boston and home against Indiana. Guys, if we can win that first game, I think we'd be motivated to win game two on the road at Washington. Come home on our home opener. That's going to be another tough game against Cleveland, but we should. We, I think we can get that one. Then the key game, the home game, is next against Boston. We win that game and then win that last game at home against Indiana. We start off 5-0. and We also have beaten three of the top-tier teams in the East. I think that will get rid of all of that rid of it. Now, if we go 4-1, and I'm not too upset. If we go 3-2, and I'm okay with it. But if we go 2-3 and on this first five, guys, I think that's a little concerning, but I don't think we would do it. Now, the I mentioned the top ten. The top, the next, next five games is at San Antonio, Philly. Uh, Brooklyn, Charlotte, and then at Boston again. Remember, I said we had five of the top tier teams on the first ten games. If we can win three to four of those, I mean two to three of those top tier teams, I think that'll be out of the way. Start off the season at seven and three, six and four, or eight and two. I think we'd be okay. Also, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the Bulls are running a high pick and roll, and then pinning a man with with Patrick Williams. That's how he got the dunks in the last game. Keep your eye on that, guys. They're running a sweet set on that, and he's pinning his man going towards the lane, and it's hard for the defense to, uh, to even deal with it. So Billy's in, in, incorporated a couple of new things in his offense, motion for one, player player movement, and cutting without the ball. Hopefully we can keep this up, keep it alive until Lonzo gets back. I think the boys will be okay. Give me your thoughts on that, guys, and peace. Looking forward to hearing from you. Peace out. The Bulls' opening season, like to start the season, 5-1, and one, 
four, I mean, five and oh, four and one, three and two, two and three. God forbid it's it's one and four or oh and five, because if it's those latter two, wait for the headlines and the reaction from Petty Roosevelt. But with that being said, the Bulls start to the season is going to be important for a lot of reasons. It's going to show that, yeah, this is how we're playing without Lonzo Ball. You guys are counting us out. Having us ESPN, for example, 12th in the to finish 12th in the East because of the absence of Alonzo, listen, is going to make a statement. If the Bulls can get an opening win against Miami, which is a, still a, a team that I do think people still look as can be a contender, but I think they do realize that they've probably taken a step back just in how their roster is. But nationally televised, way to open the season. That is a great way to cleanse the palate of the of Bulls not being able to beat the the premier teams. Um, in the East now, as far as against Washington, I don't don't overlook that Washington team. And you know, Marvin said they'll be motivated to win game two. They need to be motivated to win every game to start the season. I don't, I don't they, you, you can't use one game as like I need to see this team motivated and locked in every single game because that's one of the things that it seemed like we weren't as at points last season. So, um, but as far as them them opening, I think the Miami game, the Cleveland game for sure, the Cleveland Cavaliers being a team that people have have looked at what they've done on paper now in preseason said, hey, this team is clearly going to be better than the Chicago Bulls. If the Bulls can come into that matchup and and win that game. I don't it doesn't need to be a blowout. I wouldn't expect that. That would be crazy to expect. They just need to win that game if they can beat Miami and Cleveland, right? Regardless of what happens in Washington and Boston. If, I'm so look, the first five games are Miami, Washington, Cleveland, Boston, and Indiana. If they can beat Miami, Cleveland, and Boston, I almost don't care if they lose the other t- other two games. That shows that, that I think that would go a long way of saying, "Hey, this team is not the same Chicago Bulls team. They are beating the better teams in the East. And you look at San Antonio, Philadelphia to follow that one. Then we got Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Charlotte, and Boston again. And then we got Toronto and a home and home. That stretch, that first 10 games of the season is going to be a big part of going going forward. And three of those games are nationally televised as well. It's going to go a big part in cleansing that palette, like I said, of Bulls can't be the top teams. If they lose, they can lose all all three or four of those games and then win all the other ones, and it's not going to really change much for my perception or shouldn't for the national media perception. They need to beat the top, the premier teams in the East. I'm not saying they need to sweep them and and beat all of those matchups, but they need to play. And even if they do lose, they need to look like they belong. So many times, not only did we not look like we, like not only did we lose, we got blown out. Those type of things. We need to play those teams tougher, get the wins where we can for sure. And I think the start of the season is going to go a long way in telling us where this Bulls team, at least right now, they will progress and get better some over the season, um, but where they are. So I agree with Marvin for the most part there. Um, But Billy Donovan's new offense, right, to end that, I've talked about this a lot so far on this channel, the motion of it. I just want to see them stick to it when they face some adversity. I want to see them stick to that if they lost a couple of games on on back-to-backs. I want to see them stick to that and not devolve back into it's either Zach or DeMar. If they can keep that, that ball movement, the motion, the tempo, both in the off uh, the, the first unit and the second unit, that's going to go big ways. And, and uh, you know, we talk a lot about the offensive new system. It seems like the defensive system has improved as well. They're, when they rotate, there were times where they didn't rotate as quick, especially in the last two preseason games. But if they focus, they get into the rotations quickly. This is a team that can switch a lot. And if they use, excuse me, if they use that to their benefit, then it's going to like it's going to really transform the offense and the defense of the NBA. I mean, of the of the Chicago Bulls. So let's hope that we see that over the course of that first five games, but even further those first ten. Um, and then we'll see where the Bulls sit. I think we're going to know a big part of where this team sits amongst other teams very early on in the season. We also face Denver. We face New Orleans twice early in the season. Boston again. We we face Boston three times in the first month of the season. Keep in mind, we only play them four times, I think, this year. Maybe it's only three times this season. Then we got Milwaukee. Like, so we're going to face a lot of the good teams in the NBA 
all before December. Um, so we're going to know where we sit very early on. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one is from 8 Lives. What's going on, Hey, This is 8 Lives back with another one. <clears throat> um, as far as um, the person that I think that's going to shine the most this year, I think that it's going to be um, Ayo DeSumo. I also think that our team will benefit the most out of um, Ayo having a breakout season because uh, if you look at the statistics, um, the way that the media uh, judge the Bulls right now, they kind of judge the Bulls off the fact that uh, Lonzo Ball is hurt. So Ayo is like the one on our team who could, you know, get the close to doing what it is that Ayo, uh, I mean, that uh, Lonzo usually do. I mean, um, the main thing that I think that helped Ayo uh, was the uh, Boston Celtics series last year. I think that had a lot to do with his uptick this year. And the best thing that I think he learned from that is uh, not hesitating and not being uh, worried about any other players playing negative a team in uh, the playoffs. He's coming this year knowing, you know, he don't have to play with he don't have to play with no no hesitation. And um, I think that's what's going to work out the best. Um, you know, Ayo he got the IQ, he got a good game IQ, he got the passes, he got the uh, the, the, the 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 nick for uh, getting the ball with a lot of deflections, a lot of steals. He do a lot of stuff that Alonzo do. But I think that the uh, the wisdom, you know, the the wisdom that he have uh, carried from last year is what's really going to help him because Ayo has always been somebody who, if he if you might think somebody might think that he don't run the point good, even if you think that he he know what it feels like to have a, a team that what the offense goes through him. So this is not going to be you know uh, far fetched when you do see the uptick in this game because he's already doing this in Illinois running the whole team. So I think that's who's going to benefit the most. And, uh, man, I'm looking forward to seeing what happened, man. All right, uh, that's all I got, bro. Go Bulls. All right. So, uh, Eight Lives responding to one of my ep- my episodes from uh, last week in which I said, uh, you know, who's who? what player is going to shine the most or have a breakout season? He's picking Io DeSumo. And I think, like, if Io is to have a big season for the Chicago Bulls, like I said before, just like with Patrick Williams, and sometimes we overlook it because he did so many other things better, but Io passed up a lot of shots in crunch time last season. He didn't want to be the one to miss. He didn't want to mess up. He took some, too, and he made some, and he missed some, but there were a lot still that he passed up. I think a more confident Io, an Io that's coming into the season knowing he's the starting point guard, for one, um, and, and understanding that role, even Lonzo helping mentor him some, and like just his development with those point guard skills, because Io really still is a combo guard when you look at his size. But him developing those point guard skills a little bit more, becoming a game manager, everything isn't going to run through him. When you have the passers and, and, and the players that have had offensive run through them in DeMar, Zach, and Nikola Vucevic, that's going to be your primary uh, person to do that. So him getting into the motion, uh, shooting more mid-range shots, getting into the three-point shots, taking those shots confidently. But when he is, uh, it is times for him to be a game manager, allowing Zach DeMar to play a little bit more off the ball with with Vooch, like coming off screens and pin downs and him being the one to to... to to kind of manage certain offensive sets. As that develops for Ayo DeSumo, like they, those Drew Holiday comparisons are going to come to light. I already said on the video earlier, when you look at Drew Holiday's first NBA season to Ayo DeSumo's first NBA season, the numbers are almost identical. The efficiency is almost identical. The usage rate was higher for Drew Holiday, different team, but all those other things were very, very similar. So if he can take that leap in this second season, right, and shown as the starting point guard, hey, not only am I stronger now, not only is my body ready to, to go um, into a longer stretch of the season, I'm not going to hit hopefully hit that wall. Taking those shots, being a more dangerous part of the offense, we already know what he brings uh, defensively, learning to play more without the ball, it's going to be great. Io DeSumo has not even scratched the surface of the offensive potential he, he flashed in Illinois. 
That is why his potential is so high coming into the NBA and, and even being that second round pick. So hopefully we see that from Ayo Desumu. All right, let's go ahead and move into this last voicemail from today. This one's from Isaiah. What's up, hey? This your boy Isaiah calling from Walker, Louisiana. I was calling, only had two questions. The first one is, um, what do you think about what do you think about Ayo Desumu this uh this year? You know, I feel like he's doing good. He's doing a little good so far. But how do you feel about him? And my other question is, do you feel like DeMar DeRozan will have a successful season like he did last year, you know, um, you know, being a good player, you know, all that. But um, that's all I wanted to ask. Uh, and bye. Shout out to the younger listeners of Chicago Bulls Central. Shout out to them. Uh, and shout out to you for leaving. A vo- did your mama know you called? Like, anyway, anyway. So what do I think about Io DeSumo? I think I just said it in response to the last voicemail. I, I have the sky's the limit for Io. I, I love those Drew Holiday comparisons for him more and more and more and more. And when you look at his defenses, defensive efficiency, he's great. He's going to be all those things. Um, I think the 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 talent that the guy that the Bulls got in the second round with Io DeSumo is just hugely uh, wild. And it sucks that they didn't give him the three year deal because now we have to extend him, and he's probably going to get a considerable contract extension. I think the most he can get is like ten point three. Bulls are probably going to go ahead and give them all of that. Um, but I do think that, you know, it's it's that's how this team, that's how you get value. When you're a team, especially if you're a team that that's winning, if you can start finding value in that second round as well, that players that it can at least turn into rotational players, much less a player like Io turning into a starter for us, I'll bet it with injury. Um, you think the, you think the sky's the limit for that? So Io, sky's the limit for Io to Sumu. Now, as far as the, the second question, will DeMar have a successful season for the Chicago Bulls? Successful, yes. I don't know if he has statistically the same season he had last year, but the one, if I was going to bet on one player to have to know what they're going to give me this season is going to be uh, DeMar DeRozan. Absolutely. DeMar DeRozan is the one constant for the Chicago Bulls. Vooch was very consistent last season as well as far as like his output, but we know his play game to game was, was kind of up and down as well. Uh, he was the most consistent player in the playoffs, I should say, for Nikola Vucevic. Um, but with that being said, like DeMar DeRozan, the reason he came here is for that consistency. The reason he came here is because you know what DeMar is going to do. If nothing less, DeMar is going to get to that line. DeMar is going to get you some baskets. DeMar is going to dance in the, in the, in the mid-range. DeMar is the, is the person that I'm not worried about having a successful season. Now, I don't know if he has the same statistical season. I don't know if he has that same output. And hopefully he won't need to because the rest of the, the team has improved so much and the new offense and all these things has improved to make people more dangerous. But I definitely think DeMar DeRozan is going to have a successful season for the Chicago Bulls. I'm not really – that's not one thing that I, – I don't think I've ever questioned that. I think he's definitely going to have a successful season. You guys can let me know what you think on that one down below. But that is it for the mailbag today. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and or voicemail on the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And by the way, if you made it to the end of this video, NBA Central will be launching today. So make sure you guys go ahead and check out that channel as well. But that is it for me for today. Like I like to end every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.